Welcome back to We Are Live. It's Chris Denman in St. Louis, joined by the great Tommy, the intern. He's very important. In no, Brooklyn, New York, we've got Travis Terrell, Chris Gardner's here. But joining us, most importantly, in our St. Louis studio is Jennifer Langosh from MLB.com. Our esteemed guest is senior content manager for the website. Good morning. How Good are morning. you? Good morning. That was a very kind welcome. Thanks you, for you making deserve me that. sound more important than See, I actually am. The problem is there's about to be some choppy waters ahead dealing with us okay. on the show. So I wanted to make a, a very polite, professional landing to start things off the right way. Well, it was a good first impression. Thank you, yeah. Jennifer. I appreciate that. Travis, do you want to say hello to uh, our esteemed guest? Hello, Jennifer. How are you today? Thank you for I, joining us. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Is that you work from home here in St. Louis, Travis? Uh, videos in from here every single day. Any tips for him to stay busy in a virtual environment? I'm sure it gets. I'm sure just having that position and then being beholden to people all over the country, it's like you're never t turned off, are you? No, it's 24 hours, you know, every day of the week. But I have learned. So I just started working from home about two weeks ago. And I've learned that like you have to like leave your office, right? Because the one day I think I stared at my computer screen for four or five hours and I was like, I have to move. Like you I do. have to go do something else. Um, so yeah, it takes a little <laughs> bit of getting used to it. And we do a lot of video calls. So I'm very familiar watching somebody on video. Absolutely. And Travis has the uh, the lovely honking horns and chirping birds of Brooklyn behind him. So it's nice. uh, we get a little ambiance in there too. Also his roommate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> so we're excited. <laughs> we're excited to have Jennifer in studio uh it's an all-star break for major league baseball um we can get into some cardinal stuff i think your position's really interesting we were just chit-chatting a little bit let's jump into what the all-star break means for somebody in your position right away travis you're a big nba fan i just gave a huge uh round of applause to nba free agency creating this buzz around the sport as far as all-star weekend goes you have the home run derby last night obviously vladdy jr kind of making waves who gets the clicks going for Major League Baseball as a name during the All-Star break? Is it good for you and your position for um, Mike Trout to do really well? I mean, who, who are the people that drive that or I guess the traffic to the site during this time? Yeah, it's interesting because I think we're seeing a little bit of the changing of the guard in this, in this regard. And I think you can use the home run derby last night as an example, right? I mean, think about the excitement that a Vlad, a Vlad a Guerrero – uh, a Pete Alonzo and a Ronald Acuna Jr. generated. You're talking about three guys, basically early 20s rookies in this league. They're generating a lot of interest, and I love seeing kind of that youth movement come in. I can't think of a time kind of through my lifetime that we've had such good young talent in the game of baseball, so I think that's very exciting. Um, but kind of contrasting that, you also have your superstars, and, and those sure. do really well for I mean, Mike Trout, you mentioned, um, you know, a guy like Justin Verlander. Actually, a lot of the Astros players, Carlos Correa, though he's not in the All-Star game, Jose Altuve, they always do well. Max Scherzer, local St. Louis product, is a guy who moves a lot of needles. But, again, I'm excited to see some of this young talent come in, and I think that maybe that will attract a little bit younger generation than we've seen kind of go toward baseball recently. Jennifer, we, we usually have this conversation on this show about the marketability of Major League Baseball. And as far as branding these young studs that you just mentioned, what else can Major League Baseball perhaps do to get these guys more into the mainstream? Um, you just mentioned guys that are having phenomenal seasons. There are going to be, or some are already, the faces of their franchises, but we don't hear too much about them outside of the sport. Is there anything MLB can do to finally raise their profile to the point where we're talking about 
these guys in the same vein as we talk about some of the young NBA and NFL stars? I don't think baseball will ever get there, and that's a very cynical answer. But, you know, I think baseball is a more regional sport, so I think their stars are always going to be a little more regional. But I do think MLB can do a couple things to better market their players. Number one, diversify who is on national television. When you turn on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, too often you see the same five teams. I mean, how often do you see the Red Sox? the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers, heck, even the Cardinals, um, show, mm-hmm. show some of these other teams. Show the Colorado Rockies. Show the Atlanta Braves, who have a lot of young players. I think that's a way for Major League Baseball to, to get some of these players in households that may not otherwise see them. The other thing baseball can do better, and, and probably teams themselves can do better, is just give their players more marketing opportunities. I mean, you, you just don't see a lot of baseball players um, kind, of, kind of make those national advertising campaigns that you do on the NBA side and even the NFL side. You know, again, that being said, I think that the nature of baseball as a team sport doesn't allow for the superstar to emerge as much as it does maybe in the NBA or the NFL where maybe you have some premium positions. Um, But certainly Major League Baseball, I think, can do a little bit more to help, you know, market their game first off and and then also market their faces. I'm curious, too, you see some of this and uh, sometimes a vocal minority can seem like a lot more if it's on Twitter or if it's it's such a ridiculous take bat flips or things that are deemed maybe more celebratory uh, from players from other countries or just young guys. Uh, at what point does that, and I think it already has become maybe more acceptable, but maybe that's, we're, we'll go deep here in the sociological side of it, but maybe younger people enjoy that a little bit more and they don't necessarily care if you're uh, being buttoned up and respecting the game and all this stuff. At what point does that become something that helps if Major League Baseball accepts it? Is it literally just people age out and then you have a bunch of players that aren't going to throw uh, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball at somebody's chin for a hot dog and a little bit after a home run? Yeah, I think that's it because it's not a situation where Major League Baseball is, is discouraging emotion, bad mm-hmm. flips, that sort of things. It's the thing where the 34-, 36-year-old pitcher – feels that that's an affront to to him and his career. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see players kind of age out of this game. You're going to see a transition, and you're going to see some of the young players that I mentioned earlier that we saw showcase in the Home Run Derby just play this game and have fun. But, yeah, I mean, I think when you talk about attracting a younger audience, I think having a more emotional, fun-looking product is a big deal. I think, too, and I I don't have the solution to this, but having more action in the game is going to be very important to um, getting young folks to be able to sit through a three-hour game. I mean, you're not going to sit through a three-hour game when one-third to one-half of the plate appearances end in strikeouts or home runs. I mean, that's just not that interesting Mm -hmm. in a a day and age where we all have very, very short attention spans. So I think the evolution of the game will hopefully get us back to a place where we see more action, but I think that's very important for the sport moving forward. Also, you probably have to clear it with the keeper of the rules, Joe Madden. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to make sure you get his opinion on it because you can't move along with anything until Joe clears it first. Even when he's told what his players are doing is illegal, and he believes that MLB is wrong. So we got to go through Joe first, Jenna. So it's not just like the wave of players that have to graduate out of the game. It's those wave of crusty managers, too. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Now I've gotten it figured out. Thanks to Jen yeah. Linga from MLB.com. <laughs> uh, uh, Jen, how long have you been uh, covering, I guess, the Cardinals? And then, I guess, your journey from where did you get started and what got you to your position, which is a coveted position with the website right now. Yeah, so uh, as we talked about earlier, I grew up in Atlanta, 
big Braves fan, sorry. Um, but I no, grew up in the 1990s. I feel like you don't have to say that because TBS made all of us, like, and David Justice was really fun to yeah, watch. Yeah. And even Fred McGriff had the coolest nickname ever. And all these places. I was a big, uh, I was a big Greg Olson fan. Okay. The, uh, That's a name that most people don't pull out. The catcher, out. not the pitcher either. Hey, yeah. give me Mark Lemke <laughs> any day. <laughs> No, it double it ear flap. Jeff Lauser, Otis Nixon. Oh, oh yeah. I got Otis. Nixon I've never heard of any of these guys. You talk about a handsome guys. man. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Also, Tommy a man who's God like forty it. years older than he is. Like <laughs> <laughs> Travis, did, did we anoint Otis Nixon the most handsome outfielder we've ever seen? <laughs> no comment, Chris. <laughs> you guys, you just made me think of my dad. Oh. That's because my dad. He, there was two guys. He's like, oh, he's. He's not. He's not pretty. It was. It was Otis Nixon and Jim Lindemann. And my dad was like, oh, no. Well, I'll tell you. I'll have an Otis Nixon story. So he was my favorite player growing up. That's awesome. He gave well, me an autograph. Well, not because of what he did on the field. So we all know that Otis had some issues with like drugs and yeah. alcohol, some sure. psychiatric issues. Well, my dad. We lived in Atlanta. My dad worked at a psychiatric hospital, and while Otis was playing for the Braves, he was admitted to the psychiatric hospital. And so I remember one day, I don't know, I was probably 10 years old. Dad comes home and says, yeah, I was working with Otis Nixon today, you know, in the psychiatric hospital. Uh, um, I thought that was the uh, coolest thing ever. I was going to uh -huh. say, were you old enough to connect? That maybe Not really. Yeah. I just thought, like, my dad's working with Otis Nixon. Right. And so from then on, Dad and I would go to baseball card shows, and I'd walk from table to table and ask for all their Otis Nixon cards, which was very easy and very cheap to find. <laughs> so yeah. I at home have a framed thing with dozens and dozens of Otis Nixon That's baseball crazy. cards. That's crazy. And he has forever been my favorite player. <laughs> that's like, that's I, hilarious. I, I, sorry, we, <laughs> should, we should shut it down. This no, is that's, not going to get that, any better. That's sorry. like at my parents' house, there's a, a big case with two players. My brother was Frank Thomas. My little brother was Frank Thomas. That's sure. all he collected. Thanks, Sports Illustrated for kids. I collected Vladimir Guerrero yep. and Andy Van Slyke. Like Van Slyke was my guy when he was with the Cards. Just because, and they both kind of were, they're not the same player, but... They treated their bodies badly when they played. They would just run all over the place and right. hurt and hurt themselves at times because of Does the way they played. Does that say something about you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Okay. I think it says a lot. With his emotions. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we could we could take a deep dive down that one. Yeah. We won't. Okay. But well, so you grew up in Atlanta. Oh, You're loving the Braves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm collecting Otis Nixon baseball cards. Um, we used to travel around the country. Our family vacations would be to go see the Braves in different cities and kind of visit those cities. Anyways, um, I had a love for writing and a love for baseball. So that brought me to Mizzou for journalism school. Uh, while I was there, I was fortunate enough to intern for MLB.com before my senior year, actually down in Atlanta helping cover the Braves, which was like my dream job. And I remember getting there and finishing and being like, hmm. Reached my dream job at the age of 20. Like, now what do I do with my life? You're there at 21. You're at 21. I guess I made a good enough impression that when I went back to school, they ended up having an opening in Pittsburgh for their beat writer position. And literally the day after I graduated college, I drove all my belongings to Pittsburgh. I moved in. And the next day I was covering the Pittsburgh Pirates. So... I spent five years That's in Pittsburgh. Crazy. Yeah, I spent five years in Pittsburgh during some really, really lean years. You think about where the Pirates were from 2007. <laughs> how, oh yeah. how polite of you. To 2011. Yeah. Uh, it was really bad, but it was good for me. Like it was a good learning experience. It was a smaller market, not as much competition or pressure. Uh, so yeah, I was there through 2011, right when they were starting to get a little bit better. The Cardinals' opportunity arose, and I thought, what better place to cover baseball than in St. Louis? 
So I came here in 2012, covered the Cardinals until a couple weeks ago. Wow. And I've transitioned into a management role where I'm doing a lot more behind the scenes work. So supervising, managing a bunch of our writers across the country and also helping develop MLB.com's content plans. That's amazing. And Travis, we give him trouble, but he is in New York working with uh, Sesame Street in a writing fellowship. Uh, I just wanted to get it out of the way before he did. Could you hire him for entertainment content on MLB.com? Trav, I got you. Dude. Now, Jennifer, Trav, let me explain Trav, what I'm trying to do. I, I want to, I want to raise He's going to pitch Snuffleupagus as <laughs> part of the Major League. Go ahead, Trav. Sorry. No, I'm just saying if Major League Baseball is looking for maybe something to attract more younger people to the sport, why not develop an animated series for those kids? I love and, it. Well, I would love to be able to maybe sit down with you and some of the other representatives at Major League Baseball to maybe pitch a television show that I would imagine would go over well with the young people. I love it. I think it's we talked about trying to attract a younger audience. Let's go way young, right? Yeah. Let's go four or five years old. <laughs> yes. Hey, my brother loves the games. That's he sits through them better than I do. I believe that. I definitely, <laughs> I, Why do you believe that? I definitely believe that. Right. Okay, so, so Travis, are you thinking – did anybody see the season and a half of Pro Stars that was a cartoon when we were growing up? No. It was Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Bo Jackson. Do you remember that, Travis? I do. I do remember that. So maybe we could head up a project like that for Jennifer and MLB.com. All right? Let's do it. I think this has promise. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I also want to note that since you've got here, no World Series title. I know. What's going on with that? I know. I know. Yeah. I did cover make that one content. world series but they didn't win yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. yeah that, what yeah. what's the difference like you come from pittsburgh and what they were going through and coming to st louis when they're coming off a world series what's the difference in covering bad baseball and good baseball well right oh. now nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there's a lot of differences i mean the first thing i noticed here was like the continuity you have to remember when i was in pittsburgh i was there five years period i covered three managers two general managers two owners and the entire 40-man roster turned over so there was no Jesus. like building of relationships because by the time you got to know somebody's name, they were gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, here, there's been just like amazing continuity, both in the front office and even the manager's position. I mean, it was the same for my first six and a half years here. So that was definitely different. But how you cover a team and cover the games is very different, a contender versus a rebuilder. In Pittsburgh, they didn't care after probably like May 31st whether the Pirates won or lost that day. And they certainly didn't need me in August writing a game story about an eight to one loss that was their 10th straight loss. I covered personalities. I covered mm -hmm. prospects. I covered individuals. Hey, who's this Andrew McCutcheon guy who just got called up? You know, you, people that um, you could see as part of the future for that team more so than the outcome of the game. You Try to give them hope. Yeah. yeah. I was and gonna, I, and I covered the minor leagues a lot more than yeah. I did here. And, and you would, do you feel like it's more difficult to source story? Like, are you working harder to create stories? We just saw it with the Blues. We're friends with uh, Hockman and Fredrickson and, and those guys, the Blues. They can they just get stuff dumped in their lap. And like, ooh, what am I going to write about today? I get to pick something I love. And everybody's going to click it, read it, do what you have to do to, to grow the, uh, the articles or paper. Um, is it more difficult whenever less people care? It has to be, it right? It is. And, like, in Pittsburgh, especially when I was there, like, the Pirates were third, like, a distant third. I mean, you had the Steelers, and I equate the Steelers to what the Cardinals are here. Yeah. I mean, they run the city. And you turn on sports talk radio, it doesn't matter the day, the month, um, it's Steelers first. The Penguins 
are really, really big up there, and they won a Stanley Cup while I was up there. Um, the Steelers also won the Super Bowl, so then you had the lowly Pirates. So there just <laughs> wasn't a lot of interest. I mean, I'd go around town, people ask what I do, I'd say, hey, I cover the Pirates, and their first comment would be, well, do you just cover the Steelers too? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, so yeah, generating interest was really hard up there, and there was a lot of cynicism. I mean, the team, by the end of my tenure, that was their 20th consecutive losing season. And I remember coming to St. Louis, and hearing fans complain about the St. Louis Cardinals, and I'd be like, gosh, if you guys would just, like, transplant yourself for a week and put yourself in the shoes of this franchise that's lost for 20 consecutive years, you have no idea how lucky you are here. The uh, Travis, uh, back me up on this, um, the elitist producer, uh, Chris Gardner, in his ponytail, his, uh, his golf partner, uh, Greg Amsinger, is from here, and that's the first thing he ever says. <laughs> He's like, if there's any sort of complaint or whatever, he's like, shut up shut up i'm from there i know exactly what we've had and i know exactly what you don't have and you don't have to deal with what 90 percent of uh, mlb cities deal with i always enjoy that about craig travis do you remember that kind of keeping people in check yeah i was curious about that jennifer how often did you have to encounter the i'm trying to find a polite way to, to put this i would imagine some of the beef fibbers uh how often did you encounter their passion uh, with their letters or emails to you based <laughs> off the things you have written. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot, a lot. And social media has changed that dynamic a lot because I'm not super old, but when I was in Pittsburgh, there, like, there was no Twitter. And so if people wanted to write their frustrations, it usually came in the form of emails. Um, Which is I, more effort. It is more effort. Yeah. And I would often <laughs> try to respond in kindness because most of the time their frustration wasn't at me it was at the team but i was the easy person to direct, direct it to sure and that's the same on social media i mean you know you can tell when the cardinals are playing really well in the month of april you know the the social media comments and the emails that i get are you know generally pretty positive um when you have the month of may like all of a sudden my writing's crappy and i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> and i realize it's not so much me it's just frustration at the team that they have a lot of passion for but i appreciate it because it means people care right that's a, yeah, that's a very positive outlook. Yeah, it's better that they care and are actually reading what I'm, you know, doing as a living versus, you know, not not being interested in it. But it is, you do have to navigate, and, and there's a dynamic there about being a female sports writer that I think is a little bit unique to the kind of the, the language and stuff that you sometimes get can be tough to, to go through, but I think I have thick skin, at least at this point. I think you would have to to advance as much as you've had and just seeing uh, the culture online, whether it's sports fans or just trolls in general and travis if you want to take this time to apologize for all those nasty tweets <laughs> you sent uh ms langosh uh mm. you can do that now if mm -mm -mm. you like no i save all my good stuff for passing okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you bring that up and it's, uh, <laughs> it's good for you travis perfect answer by the way and i do find when i respond to folks i don't i try not to respond much on social media it's not worth my time and it's public but when i respond in private if they you know <laughs> i like that yeah. she's got a fire don't don't yeah. stoke it yeah if they you know have sent me a 10 paragraph rant or whatever i usually just respond and say thanks for writing i'm glad you were reading the, my work and i hope you continue to do so um and it's amazing how many times they come back and then they apologize for the rant that they've gone on interesting so yeah. you caught them on some kind of a baseball induced manic yeah. downswing you or just something kill them with kindness and eventually they give in travis you hear that Nope, not letting passing off the hook. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Corn. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because Travis brought up passion, 
Have you covered a more passionate player than the catcher? Yadier Molina. Oh, as I'm <laughs> showing the Instagram post here. Uh, we discussed it a little bit earlier, the uh, one that says BS, MLB needs to take action on this BS play. F praying. This is the thing I didn't get. F praying for LaCroix. Slide, slide, slide. <laughs> F. F you. You think this is okay? F you. Throwing in the praying part in the middle of the whole thing was a an lot of necessary. Yeah. And emojis. An, the an part I didn't get was the slide, slide, slide. Yeah. Well, he just wants people to slide. He's painting a picture, Tommy. And oh, of course. okay. Not slide, not slam. Okay. Yeah. That led to Justin Verlander mm -hmm. contributing and commenting. <laughs> fake news, Molina. Fake you ass. And, and it, you know, we've seen yeah. this before. We've yeah. seen this before with this, uh, a skipper or, or yeah, at least one skipper. Yeah. Right now. Skipper we've seen it with Chris like Bryant. I, I mean, and, you know, it's the biannual Yadier Molina Instagram story. So <laughs> can you get that Better sponsored now? Yeah. You think? Better than Carlos Martinez on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> But yeah, has there been a more passionate player that you've covered? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> At least not. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. He, he and he carries this. He carries this intimidating nature yeah, to him. That it works. It, it does, and he will be an advocate for his teammates. And I think, as we saw here, he'll be an advocate for catchers everywhere. And so it doesn't surprise me. Now he could probably use like you know whatever your parents tell you when you're a kid. You know, if you think you're going to write something, like take a step back and read it first. And then maybe wait five more minutes before you push send. Like what if he might, did? That might <laughs> <laughs> Does that worry you more? Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> this and is deep-seated. Yeah. He did end up writing an apology for it. Oh, uh, he did? Yeah, he That's did. That's disappointing. Yeah. Or for the, for the, for the, I think for the language. Oh, I don't think for the okay. sentiment, but for the language. But well, yeah, he's a passionate guy. He cares about his pitchers. He makes clearly cares about his catchers. Yeah. Well, that's fair. And he's uh, he's our guy. He <laughs> is. <laughs> so there we so have it, it. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, in regards to uh, some of the stuff you've dealt with, if you were to tell a young woman aspiring to follow your path, um, you kind of just covered it as in kill people with kindness, everything else. But um, having a unique job in a male-dominated field, and a, it's all males in the sport, what advice would you give to somebody following your path to succeed and to, I, I don't know, just to make their uh, their experience more efficient and, and able to move up? Yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate that there were a lot of women that paved the path before me that mm -hmm. went through a, a lot of stuff in this business that I didn't have to go through. I mean, my first piece of advice is go for it and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. And I remember... Plenty of people would, I would And assume. people did. People did with me. I remember in second or third grade when you fill out the little form like what do you want to do when you grow up and I put I want to be a broadcaster for the Atlanta Braves and so like this was kind of always the path that I was going to go on and I had teachers along the way that said well Jen like that's great but can we like you know maybe think about some other things no it's like this is oh, what wow. I want to do and so you know strive for your dreams set your goals high there are opportunities for men and women to cover the game and I think women can bring a very unique view to baseball or to other sports just in general because if you have 20 people in the press box and 19 of them are men, maybe you know the female in there is going to see things a little bit different or going to ask a different type of question um, that can benefit the readers and that can bring better content. So go for it. Use each other as resources. We're kind of a small sorority in the baseball, you know, female sports writing business. Um, use that community to your benefit, you know, kind of get out and socialize with those folks. Um, do your work, prepare, 
you're going to walk in a clubhouse, and the first time you walk in the clubhouse, they're going to assume you don't know anything. That was okay with me. I didn't mind proving myself because I felt like when I did prove myself, then the respect that went toward me was that much greater. And so be ready to prove yourself. Don't look at that as a disadvantage. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Lean on each other for advice. But there are certainly opportunities for women out there, and I'm excited to see that more and more in press box these days. I know when I first came to St. Louis, I guess it was Derek Gould told me that I, you know, because he knows the history of this organization and the media here, I was the first female to ever cover the St. Louis Cardinals. And while that was a small point of pride for me, like it was also really discouraging that it took until 2012 for a female to ever cover this team on a daily basis. And so I hope to see, you know, through my lifetime, more and more women kind of breaking those barriers. Travis, any follow-ups? That's no, no, I, I, I yeah, I, I, what? I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, wise words from Jennifer Langosh. How do people support the big event that you're here to plug, by the way? How can people yeah. come out for bone marrow? Like, it, it has a deal with Joe Strauss. It's got all kind of community involvement. Gardner, do we have a, uh, a graphic for it? Mm -hmm. uh, huge, huge event going on, and Jen's a part of that. That's Join for Joe. Save a life, be the match, join today again, honoring Joe Strauss and uh, many others in the area that uh, deal with this. But how can people yeah. help? Yeah, so this event is going on Saturday. The genesis of it, obviously, we lost Joe um, in 2015 after his battle with leukemia. And it was actually the third person in my life that had died in a short period of time from lymphoma or leukemia. And I thought, we've got to find a way to honor Joe's legacy and to help other folks fighting this same um, disease. And so we came up with the St. Louis Cardinals, the St. Louis Baseball Writers, and Be The Match, the largest donor registry in the world, kind of joined forces four years ago. We held our first donor drive at Bush Stadium. Um, we're very thankful that the Cardinals see this as a great annual mission, and so we now do it every year. This year's event is Saturday at Bush Stadium. We will be set out in the Ford Plaza when the gates open at 4.15 before that game against the Diamondbacks, and we'll be there till about 8 p.m., so midway through the game basically um, trying to educate folks about what it means to be a bone marrow donor. A lot of folks think it's a really invasive, painful, awful process, and it doesn't have to be. It typically isn't. A lot of times it's an outpatient pro process where um, you really aren't you know, down for all that long. But folks with leukemia, lymphoma, and other blood cancers depend on donors for a life-saving match, and it's incredible that 70% of people with those blood cancers can't find a donor within their own family. So they essentially need strangers um, to sign up to be in this registry. And then if you are a match, they will contact you and try to set you up for the donation process. So I'm proud to say that, you know, in the three previous years we've done this, um, we've registered hundreds of donors at Bush Stadium and through our online link. And we hope that along the way, some of those folks have gone on to be donors and have helped save some lives. And, and two, the process for the testing, like when we're out there, it's pretty simple. It's like five minutes. Yeah, it's a swap. Yep. You get like four swabs, you get through your cheek, you, you do it yourself right there yep. in front of us, and then you just package it up and be on your way. Yeah. So it's a simple process to even have this testing done. Yeah, if you stop by, we'll only take about 10 minutes of your time between explaining it, filling out the paperwork, and as Chris said, swabbing your cheek, um, which is like a little cotton swab, and then they send that off, and that's what's registered in the donor registry would be the match. And, you know, at any point, it could be soon, it could be years from now it could be never if somebody is a match with you that's when they would contact you to then see if you'd be interested in going through the full donor process 
That's amazing, and it's uh, it's great you guys are working on that. We uh, really enjoyed. We were at the radio station when Joe was, and uh, and loved uh, all the work that he did. So, in his name, what a great way to uh, honor the man. And uh, congrats on the work. Congrats on the success. And gosh, thank you so much for coming in here. I know yeah. we got to get you out of here. So. Don't uh, be a stranger. You need to come back sometime soon. Talk Thank some you. baseball. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Thanks, Jennifer. Yeah, I appreciate it. At Langosh MLB on Twitter. That's where you get daily updates, and you can see all the information. I'm going to tweet out everything as well so you guys can see that. We're going to let Jen get out of here. We'll be back on the other side with some more of We Are Live. Thanks again, Jen. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live, live, live. We are live. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Huge thanks to Jennifer Langosh from MLB.com for stopping by. Again, we're going to tweet out all the information. If you want to be part of Join for Joe and uh, Donate Bone Marrow, what a great cause. And uh, great work by Jen Langosh and, and uh, <clears throat> Gardner. Kudos to you for uh, securing a great guest. So oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, good times all around. Travis is in New York. We're here in St. Louis having a blast. Uh, we've got a few more things to get to. I did. I posted this link to our Facebook page, and I'm, I'm going off script here. Uh, do you guys Are you guys familiar with Terry, the guy from the video in the wheelchair who had to back it up, Terry, whenever uh, yes. there's a viral video? And it's a man in a wheelchair, and they start. He's helping light some fireworks, and it starts going off. And he doesn't get hurt, so it's silly and funny. Um, but uh, basically, it's like back it up, Terry. So <laughs> and he's 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 in the street. It's a man in the street in a wheelchair, and he's helping light fireworks. And the fireworks start going off, and he can't back up, and he just has to sit there while the fireworks go off. Oh no! It's this huge viral video that goes around uh, at Fourth of July now since two. How old is it? Oh, so two years. Okay. Yeah. So it's become this big thing. It's got millions of views worldwide. I shared this link to our Facebook page. Terry needs a wheelchair. So that is uh, happening right now. This is in the, uh, I believe, the New York uh, Post or Daily News. I'm trying to find this real quick. But if you go to our Facebook page, you can see it. This has been shared like 80 times since we shared it. So I feel pretty good about it. Uh, but it, they're raising money for him to buy him a new wheelchair. So... Uh, it's weird in this world we live in when you get free content and videos go viral and millions uh -huh. of people make T-shirts and all this stuff. But uh, assuming that uh, this is all in the up and up, I, uh, I encourage people to go check out that article because uh, we all had a good laugh uh, with the guy and it looks like he took it in stride and he needs some help. So I found that to be uh, interesting as well. Probably got burned. Uh, not really. No? Yeah, okay. it was it was one of those. Do you know the video I'm talking about, Travis? Yeah, actually, uh, the person who helped it uh, go a little bit viral ashley yates she's a mizzou alum st louis native she's done a lot of organizing uh for several causes here in st louis specifically for causes for a lot of the children in ferguson over the last few years so she's she's considered an activist and she uh she certainly uses her position to boost these type of stories and she posted yesterday on twitter uh, about Terry, about the story in the New York Daily News, about the wheelchair, and made the point that the reason why Terry struggled in the, in the wheelchair when he was lighting the fireworks was because he had an older wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It was breaking down on him. And so, um, it, to the uh, highlighted post, is that I had a good laugh, and we really enjoyed uh, the theatrics and the silliness of that video. But Terry does indeed need a new wheelchair and uh, checking up on some of the 
updates uh, as far as the money that's been raised. Uh, it looks like just yesterday alone they raised over six thousand dollars. Oh, they were at ten uh, for Terry. Um, that was yesterday. It was just the, the count they got for yesterday mm-hmm. uh, was up to $6,000. And so once that post went viral and it started to be shared on Twitter and Facebook. So it um, it's cool that people are, are lending a helping hand because um, he obviously needs it. And I think we all got some enjoyment out of that video. And, and I think that's the least we can do. Whatever <laughs> folks can, can dig into their pockets and offer, that would be great. Back it up, Terry. <laughs> Back it up, Boy, Terry. Terry so was struggling. Where we sit right now, the GoFundMe again, it's part of that link. They're at fifteen thousand of a thirty-nine thousand dollar goal. So I think that's great so far, and it seems like there's enough. Uh, I know like Snoop Dogg and others have uh, have shared the video, and uh, and everybody, Snoop Dogg, Ricky Smiley, uh, all the Terry fans. God bless all of you, and thanks for the help. That's from the uh, GoFundMe page. So uh, check that out. We posted it and. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that was a good thing. People seem to be coming together for it. So I'm, go- I'm also going to go on my soapbox really quick because oh. it's it, it's no, it's necessary because $40,000 for a wheelchair that this man needs to get from point A to point B. Now, we, we talk about health care costs in this country and no one should have to go broke and no one should have to dig deep into a GoFundMe in order to help people live day to day. And this, while it's incredibly amazing to see people dig into their own pockets to help folks like Terry. It really is an admonishment on our healthcare system that this man has to raise $40,000 for a new wheelchair. And I hope just whoever decides to take the chair in the next four years, whether it be my senator or the next mayor or the president of the United States, I hope there's a major priority to cutting healthcare costs for people like Terry, because it's asinine that a man has to spend $40,000 to get around because he's afflicted. And it's, it's, it, we see a lot of these GoFundMes a lot uh, where people have to raise money just for a diabetic medicine, uh, raise money but just to pay off a hospital bill uh, because uh, their insurance doesn't cover all of it. I, it just, it's, just, it's also an admonishment to the current state of our healthcare system where people are going broke trying to stay alive and that's silly to me there it is travis trell i what do you want me to say super i thought it was i thought it was well said no travis it was well said but halfway through it here's where my mind went i can't wait to see how chris tries to transition out of this (laughs) (laughs) there's no transition the man spoke his piece i respect it i was waiting to see what the words would be yeah. But I started smiling a little bit. Uh, good for I, you. I agree with the, that. Uh, and who said this show gets bogged down by super inside things <laughs> that are super just ridiculous things about our, each of our own dumb personalities? Uh-huh. So yeah. I don't I'm have happy a dumb personality. You, okay. See what you just did there. You made that entire statement about you. <laughs> that's, that's your problem. Yeah, you once did. called me a narcissist. <laughs> Uh, Travis, well said, sir. The game. Uh, let me uh, remind everybody, Tommy Bannister from uh, Circa Properties helps us out and supports us. So you support him. When you're buying or selling in the St. Louis area, you use Tommy Bannister. Getaway carts. Uh, we need to get, uh, maybe they could help. Maybe we get like a badass custom cart for uh, when Terry's not using his new his new wheelchair. Oh. He could get a badass cart from get- Getaway Carts. Getawaycarts.com for all your customizable cart needs in the St. Louis area to scoot around uh, all the wonderful neighborhoods in the St. Louis 
area. Uh, do we have a bear apocalypse update, yeah. uh, Mr. Gardner? There was uh, a video. Yeah, we got a couple things here, actually. Mm. Uh, but yes, we do. I like have keeping a, you scared. A bear apocalypse update. This comes from Tennessee. Terry's Ooh. from Tennessee. Uh, yeah, you missed a great transition. You could have been like, you know, how Terry should get around getaway cards. You're just going to run right into it. That's fair. Yeah. Thank uh -huh. you. Thank yeah, you for correcting. It would have been awful, but you should have. You've been learning, Tommy. You've been yeah. learning. Uh, and no. also just interrupt us. Bear apocalypse update, Ursophobia update. This coming from Tennessee. Cute bears. They're so cute. Look at the cute. You know, when I went to the the uh, <laughs> the zoo on my little vacation, my staycation, mm. there was a little girl tapping on the glass, and one of the bears was right there in front of her. And... Uh, the grandma was there with her. Oh, the bear likes you in this. I'm like, oh, this is propa bear propaganda. The bear lobbyist got to her. But I want to commend this grandma because what she said afterwards was perfect. She goes, if that glass wasn't there, dear, you'd be dinner. And I'm like, I almost started a slow clap at that right, moment. Right. I'm like, at least, yeah, tell the truth to your daughter or your granddaughter so she knows what's going on. Let's not continue with the cute, cute, cute thing because you know what? Because bears can get at you. And they're showing that they can get into our things. They've been in our apartments, our houses, and now our minivans. She's trying to open that car right now. Aw, adorable. It's not adorable. Oh, she's opening the car. Oh, wait. But wait. Wait. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. oh, hell no. That looks normal. Person, my God. Oh, baby girl, don't drive that. There she goes. Oh, well, baby girl, getting in the driver's seat. Oh, just gets in the oh. driver's seat. Oh, all took of a this shit. All, yeah, probably. All of this. Did it really? Half a half a marshmallow left in the, the floorboard by the kid. Not. Can I, can I say two? Not things? on those. Not on the any reports I saw. But one has done that before, where it knocked the car out of gear. And it rolled down the highway, or not the highway, but the driveway, and crashed into a tree, and then the bear shit all over the car as well. <laughs> so, I mean, this is... That's great. It makes yeah. sense. Uh, first of all, you live in Tennessee, right? You live in the mountains. Um, my grandparents have spent time up there. I have spent time up yeah. there. One of the first things they tell you when you get there is keep food out of your car D and keep your cars locked. They should not be able to get in your car. But they can, and they, we, we've we known for years right. that they can. We should be scared about that. So this is partly the car owner's fault. What, what if that bear had keys? What if we didn't know it had the key fob there and just unlocked Bears it? don't have thumbs. Yeah, but they have talons, little claws. Bears can't so use I've keys. So I've concluded that... Tap, 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 tap. So this is... Look, we made fun of M. Night Shyamalan in the movie The Happening, but it feels like nature is officially fighting back. Is it just Good. me or has nature decided? Like they, and they, yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that, Tommy. Nature needs to fight back. But I think that's ultimately what it's going to take. I'm glad that these bears are doing what they're doing because it's mm -hmm. nature letting you know, look, we've told you about climate change, global warming for years, and you guys don't get the picture. So we're gonna start showing up more in your neighborhoods. We're gonna start hanging around your eateries, jumping inside your cars, hanging around your highways until it becomes very clear to you that this is a major problem. I hope nature continues to rise up 
and show what its real force is all about. Go Bears. I am cheering them on. If you got to eat a child, then eat a child. Mm -mm. If you got to poop in a minivan, then poop in minivans. Mm -mm. Until the American public understands what's at risk here with climate change. I'm all for bears and wild animals and nature rising up and showing us that enough is enough. Yeah, you say that until you're on the other end. I mean, there there have been coyotes and um, I, I, I wouldn't doubt if a, I could take a coyote. No, you couldn't. Um, I could. uh, Chris, I, can, I speak animal. Yeah, I could. I speak animal. I have no problem. We we understand oppression. That's speak why animal animals course. relate to us. I can us. handle beefy. Yeah. I can handle a coyote. Speak animal. What would you like to hear? What what would you like to hear? What language? How would you speak to a red panda? Not the uh, performer. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah. That means peace and good tidings to your family. Mm. Oh, okay. What about a, a, sea, a sea otter from the Pacific Northwest? <laughs> You sound like it's an Adam Sandler of July, character. <laughs> Who's a whisperer, people? Gotta think like the uh, animals. Like 10 minutes ago, we had this great person from MLB.com in here, <laughs> mm-hmm. and now we're making animal yeah. sounds into yeah. the mic. Pray to God. That's uh, quick. Uh, speaking quick. animal languages. <laughs> Do you speak Cardinal Travis? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Where do we go from here? Why are we hitting the ball when we got to run this in scoring position? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Cardinals fans do sound choppy. At least he was hustling. (laughs) Uh, Run out that ground ball. Black Sheep says Travis just spoke Tim Allen. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Watch it. Oh, no. It wasn't the cocaine thing. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, Travis, you mentioned you've got a bunch of pitches coming up. Let's get uh, one more update um, on what uh, is happening with your career, and w- at what point do you take over as head writer for all of HBO? Never. Uh, we'll have an idea as to uh, what the future holds for Travis. It looks like uh, Papa Bear will be returning to the great city of St. Louis uh, here, at least for now. the first uh, I, I'm just trying to be nice so the people at TSA won't bother me when I arrive. Um, they will but, anyway. Uh, but no, I will be back in St. Louis uh, first week of August uh, as I have one last pitch that takes place on the 15th. As I mentioned uh, a couple shows ago, I'll be doing a commercial shoot the following week, and then I will be returning to St. Louis. So uh, the beauty about being in children's media is that um, a lot of the work is currently freelance. And so I will come back to the loo and sit down with my partners and we will discuss the rest of the 2019 school. And we're excited to uh, be back here in a few weeks. We didn't hear anything you just said. Hey, when you get back, can I have a hug? Oh, will you finally give me a hug? Yes, Tommy, I will. He's lying. Mm-hmm. But hmm. Tommy, I'll give you a hug. Why wouldn't I not give you a hug, Tommy? I'm a hugging person. All right, Gardner, mark that down. What time is it? It is, let's say, 159.50 into the show. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have that. Uh, before now you we... got to give me a hug. I'm going to record it. 
No, I was letting that one sit. You just let that one sit. Uh, before we get into fair or foul, uh, I wanted to give you poll results from yesterday. Please. We asked a question oh. about a particular gentleman's song. This guy right here. Looks like a Just for Men commercial. Mm -hmm. A real American one. Why is there always a red tint to the uh, dyed hair? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like no, super, I don't. It's, I'm colorblind. It's, okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> literally could not be asking a word. I'm just person. going here. Mm -hmm. It's always super ridiculous dark, but there's always like a weird red tint to it. Maybe it's for it's TV or something. Okay. It's something in the dye because when I dyed my hair brown, it there's also did that. Mm. Okay. Well, there you have it. So, what was the final on that on that okay. poll? So the, the poll question was, as asserted by me, is Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA the worst song ever made? Here are the final results. 37% yes, 37% no, 26% proud to be an American. We did oh. not figure anything out. <laughs> it's as confusing as the song. <sighs> it is a horrible song. It is. It is incredibly stupid. It's, a good song. it's dumb. So, I mean, it's yes and no. Yes, the USA. That's not how it goes. That's not that one? No. That's not how it goes at all. Millennial, idiot. All right. I think you're a millennial. Too, I'm uh, not a millennial. Oh, I'm the generation after that. What's that called? A row? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Guys, we don't care about stuff. We'll do some uh, fair or foul where we. Uh, it's the topical version of fair or foul. Hit it, Garden. Travis, will you introduce? Oh, sorry. It's now time for the people's fair or foul. At this defining moment, change has come to America. People often ask me, "What's fair or foul?" Is it a segment? Is it a movement? Is it hope? I can't say for certain. Time will be a true test of its power. But I can say, Fair or Foul is now and forever for the people. Gather around the radio with your loved ones and hold on to your butts. It's now time for Fair. We give it back to you, the people. Or Foul. A sad Fair or Foul today. Ross Perot, dead today, 89. Hmm. Ross Rest in peace, billionaire. He's a guy that tried to get involved in, uh, what was it? And he was an independent ticket in the, I think, the 1992? In 88, was it 88, 92? Brash third-party candidate that probably won the election, or helped win the election for Clinton uh, over Bush. Bush, Bush uh, he was a Texan. And he was, he talked like this, and Dana Carvey played, didn't Dana Carvey play him? Yeah. Carvey played Bush and, uh, and him. Either way, he was this fast-talking uh, Texan that wanted to make a bunch of changes. And uh, like, Don't light a beaver on fire on the bar, then piss on it and tell me it's a tax plan. <laughs> well, then foul, because he sounds like a lovely man. Oh, yeah. man. He got 19% of the vote. Yeah. Jeez. 19% no, as an independent As candidate. an independent, yeah. Do you think we'll ever get a candidate that gets close to that ever again? Uh, maybe. I can't predict. And third party, excuse me. Yeah, I think at some point, maybe even 300 years from now. But yeah, down the road, there's not, there's not a 300. I honestly believe there's one person that I believe could absolutely disrupt an election right now, and his name is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't seriously, think he, he could get 20 percent today. Yeah, I, what if I don't he came think he in right now, either, but he it. would get 20. Yeah, Bless you, buddy. If he came in right for president, he apparently is Republican, so he would probably disrupt the nominee 
I don't I don't think he would win the nomination, but I think in an in an off year where it's both Democrats and Republicans going for the seat, I can absolutely see The Rock jumping into the race. Do you want him to run? Because you think I mean, The Rock is a Republican. That's unbeatable. Do you think he'll just take votes away from the Republicans? The Rock Republican. <laughs> I think about it. Like there are enough liberals that will be more than happy to vote for The Rock. I would. Yeah, for sure. See. Oh. Chris would do it. Chris doesn't care about politics. He, he loves seeing the misery of other people. Chris writes himself in every year. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the 2020 is my year. Hey, I guess I could vote for The Rock. I mean, I did vote for a black Republican in the St. Louis mayoral race one year. So, hmm. so there you go. Can I do one? I have one. All right, what's our fair file? Let's, okay, what do you got? Uh, Pokemon Go Raids. I'm looking just for an expression from Travis. That's all. Guys, I got can't, one at one. finish. Because I got one at one o'clock, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be getting an armored Wait. Mewtwo. Wait. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? We did say fair foul. Yeah. Fair foul. I thought you said you wanted to actually have a dating life. Hey, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's one o'clock. You're in not the gonna be able to get with a woman if you are excited Here's... about one o'clock raids for Pokemon Go. People are at work, Tom. You gotta pretend you're employed. Here, here's the deal. It's, it's foul unless the guy who called his wife a c-word and then she told him the only reason he plays is because she pays the phone bill is there. Then it's fair. That's very true. That's how I view it. Very true. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm a winner. Uh, Travis, mm-hmm. fair or foul? Uh, Tommy advancing in a uh, comedy competition. Foul. That is fair, because I'll be honest. I had to go see a specialist uh, a couple weeks ago for my shoulder and back for carrying the show, and it's funny. So <laughs> the fact that Tommy is now stepping up to provide some funny to our program is absolutely for my health. So yeah, fair. You're, you're welcome. Job, I carried Tommy. it today, so you're welcome. You did. Thank you, Tommy. I got one. Anyone okay. else? What do you got, Garzi? Okay. I'm going to use a picture here for you. You ready? Are right, these bunk beds here. Oh, I like those. These are like pod chairs in California. I believe in Northern California, pod chairs. Because they're having a bit of an issue with housing costs there. So, Travis, I know it's a challenge to spend the money you do on rent in Brooklyn. But this pod chair that does have, you know, like a a little area for you to keep your stuff. You're sharing these rooms, obviously. And these, they're called, they're calling them pedestrians. Pedestrians, by the way. Um, these are going for $1,250 a month where you get basically the bed and then a little area for your stuff and, you know, a shower that you're sharing with people Mm. for $1,250 a month being a pedestrian. Travis was talking about stuff affecting your dating life. Mm. Mm. There's one right there. I don't know why the new thing in capitalism is to make being poor cool. Like, first off, that is bullshit. That's a it's a fucking dorm. Who are they kidding? Worse that's, than a dorm. Worse. That's that's worse than a dorm. Hey, and that's come not back to that my shit's apartment? not cute. Yeah. It's, it's not even that. Guy. You can't even say it's it's a literally it's 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 worse than a brothel. Don't like, worry, I got the top. It's pretty. Bunk. 
it's so it's unbelievable that one it's incredibly overpriced and it's yeah look i know we're all figuring out who our candidates are but there's only one person right now that's talking about reduction in rent talking about reducing across the country which have all gotten out of hand no matter if you live in st louis new york california rent everywhere across this country is just getting completely out of hand Elizabeth Warren, credit to her for coming up with a plan that will hopefully reduce rent for a lot of young Americans for years to come because $1,200 for a bunk bed is bullshit. And if you think that's cool and that's neat and that's the way you should be living, that's absolutely asinine. That's 12, are you serious for a bunk bed? That's, 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 come on, man. Who's, who's gonna, who can afford that? Honest to God, name me, name me people who are living there besides people whose parents are already paying their rent. What's a studio? Can I? Here's Jeez. here's my thing. Here's I'm gonna put the like, I saw it, I saw him put up the picture, and I was like, that'd be kind of cool, right? Because I didn't get like, I'm not gonna have a regular college thing. I always wanted to live in a dorm and stuff, but I didn't. I'm not gonna get that. So I was like, that'd be cool. And then I heard the price, and I was like, nah, maybe six hundred a month, maybe. Right. Or you could just not live yes. there. Or I could, if I wanted to sleep in a bunk bed, I could go back. Well, home. see, but this, and I have a problem with that statement too, because you should not determine what you want to do with your life based off astronomical cost of living. Like yeah. that, it's one thing to pay cost of living; you're going to pay that, but that's silly. Twelve. You're saying it's twelve hundred dollars too far. That's that's too far. That's too far. Come on, like that. We're, and well, we, they recently did a very good report on the homeless situation in LA. People our age people who graduated with tons of debt who are now living on skid row who are now living in vans with friends like it's adding to the poverty issue in this country so the idea that you want to make this look cute by having some rich white girl come up with pedestrians and you have the cute garden lights and the screen tvs above hey you you love branding that's no way for people to live it's not but you (laughs) love branding you know that i just have the garden lights in my own bedroom at home yeah it's all and if it, it was the, if it was just not move there, people would. Uh, yeah, I I I, re, I resist that idea that you should move to a place because of something like the cost of living should not be a defining factor on you pursuing your career. And I think too many Americans, especially people our age, unfortunately don't pursue their dreams or don't go after the jobs that they deserve because the cost of living is so astronomical and that shouldn't be the way we operate as the richest country in the world that's stupid to me are you telling me capitalism has outgrown its use is that what you're telling me i think a lot of i think a lot of young people are fed up with the bullshit and they're tired of being spoon-fed this you know pull yourself up from the bootstraps bullshit when you realize that a lot of things that we need in life have been overpriced and especially again we talk about whether it's a wheelchair or it's putting a roof over your head i don't understand this fascination with completely hurting the middle class and poor americans and they're trying to balance their lives but the lives of their families how is this helping oh it's not it helps them I was going to say, yeah, when you find out things are gamed and then you don't get to, you know, participate. They don't want, they don't want you involved. Yeah. That's why you shouldn't worship economic constructs in any way, shape, or form because you I evolve over agree. time. And you, I agree. And the process changes usually. Don't get stuck. Be, I, I, don't be a system quarterback. I, don't be a system quarterback. It's, it's, it's what, Allow yourself to be more than that. <laughs> Allow variety. 
but no, Chris brought up a good a good point. I, and I had the opportunity to speak about this with the actual head writer of Sesame Street, and he talked about the struggles nope. that he had to endure to as me, far yeah. as cost. We're talking about cost. He's talking about what it costs for a lot of creatives to move to certain cities in order for them to get inside the industry. And I've been a huge proponent for that long before I even got the Sesame Street Fellowship that rent across this country has absolutely put a lot of people in my generation at jeopardy and there's no reason for it. There's no reason for you to be paying $1,200 for a bunk and there's no reason we should proudly be broadcasting to the world that this is a new method of living. That'll do it for Fair Foul. There it is. I was waiting. I was That'll waiting. do it. We'll uh, wrap that and we'll wrap the show for today. It's been an absolute blast. What a what a delight to have Jennifer Langosh in from MLB.com. Uh, Travis is chugging milk. I can't see. Is that water? Milk? <sighs> Rum chata? Oh, yeah. Not sure. I forgot to tell you guys. When I come back to St. Louis, Papa Bear is going to be in pretty solid shape. Like you're going to start working out here in St. Louis? No, he's been working out right. there. He's looking jacked. He's looking Thank better you. than oh, you do right now, buddy. Here we go. That's what we'll do. Yeah, for the get show. him, Tommy. Hey, Travis, yeah, get him, Tommy. We've, yeah. we've, we've both been. Mm-hmm. We've, we've both. Oh okay, yeah, Tommy. Oh yeah, you, you show him, Tommy. Working out. Look there you that. go, Tommy. Look at that. All right, go. Yeah, Chris, show him your muscles. The light is making Chris. it look better than it is. Pipes. Look at this. This yeah. is an impressive show. Guys, thanks for tuning in today. If you haven't yet, share our Facebook page or the stream with somebody you know and love. And if you feel like it, give us a review on iTunes. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in. That'll do it for today. We're back live tomorrow, 8 a.m. We'll see you then. Peace.